Motherhood plays an important role in the Bible. It binds the beginning and the end. These stories offer us a glimpse into the heart of God. And so we start at the beginning. Taken from the side of Adam, gifted with bringing forth life, the first woman was named Eve because she was the mother of all living. But she was also a mother in her own right, the first of many mothers to come. Though Sarah's womb was closed, God promised nations and kings would come from her. Ten years pass, and motherhood seems as impossible as the day it was promised. But the Lord is faithful to keep his promises, and Sarah bore a son who made her laugh. Leah was the firstborn, overlooked by her husband Jacob, who gave his heart to her younger sister. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. Despite Jacob's disdain, she found her motherhood in the Lord. When Pharaoh became angry at the fruitfulness of the Hebrews, Jochebed sacrificed her motherhood for the sake of her son. When Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, she had compassion on him. Because of Jochebed's sacrificial motherhood, the Israelites found freedom. Naomi was a mother who experienced the loss of her sons, yet she gained a daughter in Ruth who declared, For where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Naomi and Ruth became family by faith. Mary, a virgin and not yet married, was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The motherhood of this blessed woman was more than the continuation of a family name, but a means for God to bring a savior into the world to save his people from their sins. From the garden to the cross, there have always been mothers. These women paved the way for all women, representing the full spectrum of the ways one could be called mom. Whether a mother in faith, mentorship, adoption, or by birth, you play an important role in the stories of generations to come. To all the Sarahs, Leahs, Jochebeds, and Naomis, Happy Mother's Day.
Can I start us off whenever you get whenever you're ready to start? Nope. I won't start it. Nope. <laughs> nope. I <laughs> uh, see I got a, I got one on you. Yeah, I got Here one go. on you. <laughs> Here we go, we're fixing the start. Oh man. I know what y'all thinking. Both of us sitting here, we won't never get done. I know that's what you're thinking, but it ain't true. We're gonna we're gonna be reasonable with this. I am. I may have to leave before he gets yeah. done, but you know. Bless your mouth. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> All right, y'all ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Well, thank you for joining with us today. We are um, back with you again, live in the office at Wales Baptist Church, but better um, known as the. Wales Baptist Broadcast Plaza. There you go. I like that. <laughs> that may be what it's named from now on. <laughs> Today we are uh, celebrating Mother's Day, and uh, we want to put uh, special focus on our mothers today. I know normally we would be here together, and we would be uh, giving out roses, and we would be um, hugging on moms and just letting them know how much we appreciate them. And since we're not able to do that today, we want to put our focus from the word on mothers and just uh, appreciation of mothers and recognizing the the sacrifice that that mothers um, have to give and so um, it's a it's an honor for me to be here with you today uh, with brother Nick you know every year he comes out and he says something uh, to the effect of he he never gets to preach Mother's Day he always has to preach Father's Day and so Mother's Day I get to come in here and love on y'all and tell you how good you are and then Father's Day he has to come in and kick y'all fathers in the rears and get you in line but um so uh, I didn't want to hear him cry about it anymore and whine like he does and so I invited him to come and sit with me today and uh we're going to just uh have a study together and uh just talk about what we hear from the Word of God uh concerning mothers and so uh we're going to get into that in just a minute but um if you if you have your bibles and i pray that you do um i'd ask you to to get them and turn to mark chapter 10 that's where we'll start at today we'll be in mark chapter 10 and we'll read verses uh 29 through 30 and we'll build just a little bit of context around that so that you understand where we're coming from and why we um why we're using this passage to talk about mothers today but um before we read that, we want to talk to you for just a minute about um, what we're trying to do. Um, we still don't know the exact return date yet. We're going to meet again uh, this morning. Uh, right before you see this, we're, we're going to be sitting down and, um, and meeting and talking again and just seeing where we're at. So we're trying our best to, to, um, to make the wisest decision to get us back um, as quick as we can, but at the same time, um, be smart about it. And so um, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories going around about this, and who knows? Uh, every one of them may be true. We don't know, but that that's the problem. We don't know. We don't know. And so um, <clears throat> we are just, um, you know, the book of James chapter 1 tells us if, if any of you lack wisdom, right. ask, mm -hmm. and God gives it generously to all who ask. So we come together every time we sit down and meet, and we, we, the first thing we do is pray, and we just ask God to give us wisdom. And uh, we believe that He honors His Word. And so we are, um, we're making the decisions we're making based on our prayer for wisdom, based on what we believe the Word of God says to us and how it guides us in this time. You've heard us say many times, we're, Romans chapter 13 tells us to submit to our governing authorities. <laughs> and... Um, you know, we um, we believe that at least in this context that we're in right now, that um, it's wise for us to make the decisions that we're making right now. If Again, if this were persecution or something else where they're just trying to stop us from worshiping, um, yeah, we don't submit to that. 
But, um, but what they've been asking us to do, we believe that uh, the Christian thing to do, the peaceful thing to do is to, is to submit and try to work along with them. Uh, this is just a season, hopefully. Right. It's, it's got to end at some point. We can't continue to go this way. We all know that. We've said that in every meeting we've had. Um, that we can't, I mean, this isn't the optimum thing. This isn't the, the way to go about it um, on a regular basis. But for this time, it's the best we can do and still conform to what they're asking us to do. And again, we don't feel like they're trying to just shut us down as churches and just prevent us from worshiping. Um, we really feel like they're asking us to do this for the benefit of everybody. Um, and every time we meet, we have the discussion. You know, uh, last Sunday when we met, we, we looked around the room and the suggestions are that people 65 and older still not get into any kind of a crowd. Well, the majority of the men in the room wouldn't be allowed to be here by that standard. So uh, it's a lot of things that really play into this. Again, every bit of it may be a great big hoax and we may be have fallen for the greatest hoax there ever was. We don't know. And that's our problem. We don't know. And, and until we can get some clarity, um, we're not going to make a decision that could put multiple people in some kind of a jeopardy with their health. Um, but again, we're going to be, we have meeting right before you see this. We, we were in a meeting and um, we have no idea what's come of it, but we'll let you know as soon as we know something. We just beg you to continue to be patient with us. Man, we, we're really, this is not easy. It's not easy decisions to make. And sometimes they're not even easy decisions to stand by. But we understand that when we go to God in prayer and ask Him for that wisdom, He supplies that wisdom. Um, and when we have that, we have to we have to abide by that. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. So if you want to do anything at all to help this process along, pray for us. The leaders of your church, those men that are gathering um, almost every week, not quite every week, but pretty close to it. Um, and having these discussions and looking at numbers and looking at Bill Lee's um, latest report, whatever he's handed out, and um, just pray for us. Pray for us as we go through these meetings and try to make the best decision on behalf of everybody involved. Amen. And I know that you're, you're some of you are frustrated, and, and I get that. Um, Me too. Uh, yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> we're frustrated too, and we're, uh, we're, we're just trying to work our way through it. So again, um, this is just a season. It's not going to last forever. I believe it's going to be over with very soon. Right. Very soon. Uh, so um, you don't have much longer to, to put up with this, and, um, and we'll be back to some kind of normalcy um, here very quickly. So thank you again for your patience. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to get into our message this morning. So let's pray. Father, we just want to say thank you for um, just another day to, um, to live for your glory. God, I pray that, um, Lord, as everyone under the sound of my voice, um, as they're hearing this, Father, I pray that your word um, inspires them today. Father, I pray that it encourages them today. Father, I pray especially for the mothers, and I just pray for a, um, a blessed day for them. Father, I thank you for the mothers and the way that they, um, Lord, even they reflect your glory. And Father, I just thank you for uh, the ministry that you've given them as mothers. And Lord, I just pray, God, that, um, Lord, you would bless them today for, for their work uh, in your ministry. Father, as we get into your word, we know that um, it's only living and powerful because your Holy Spirit makes it that way. And so, Father, we pray today that um, we would be able to comprehend the spiritual things that you want to say to us from your word. Father, we pray that your, your word would accomplish its purpose, that um, whatever calls you have to send this word out, I pray, God, that it would take place in our hearts. Father, I pray that, um, Lord, you would just uh, continue to, to grow us in you, continue to... Um, Show us how we can live lives that honor and glorify you. And Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you for, Lord, what it does in our lives. And Father, I just pray that you accomplish your purpose through it today. Father, we love you. We praise you. We can never thank you enough for all that you have done for us, all that you are to us, God. And Father, we ask you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um... We're going to be in Mark chapter 10. As I told you earlier, we're going to read verses 29 through 30. And um, 
And me and Nick are just going to sit here and have a discussion about uh, mothers. We'll probably tell a few stories about our own mothers, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, the hope today is that we are able to honor mothers. And then just um, the end of this thing is, is, is hopefully going to show you how mothers reflect the glory of God. Um, and so we're going to try to get to that uh, goal today. We'll see how it goes. But uh, let's read Mark chapter 10, verse 29 through 30. It says, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. And so... What I want to do is to uh, give you just a very quick understanding of how we got to this point right here. Uh, Jesus has been talking to um, his disciples and to a rich young ruler about um, how difficult it is for a rich person to enter into heaven. He actually makes a statement. Uh, I think it was in this um, point. If it wasn't in this gospel, you can go read the same um message in in the previous Gospels as well. I think Matthew and Luke both have these in it. But uh, when you read this story, you'll see that um, when Jesus is addressing this rich young ruler, that he comes up and he asks Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And um, Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. And um, he tells him all the commandments. The rich young ruler says, well, I've done all that since I was a kid. I've always done this. So um, Jesus looks at him and he says, well, there's one thing that you lack. If you really want to be perfect, go and sell everything you own and give it to the poor and then you'll have treasure in heaven. And basically what Jesus was doing was just exposing his sinful heart, showing him he, didn't, he wasn't saying that you can actually be saved by doing these things. No, he was trying to show him that you are a sinner. And you cannot be saved because you are not perfect. The only way we can be saved is through someone else being perfect for us, namely Jesus Christ. And so um, when Jesus tells him this, he looks at his disciples and he said, it's so hard for a rich man to enter into kingdom. Because when he told this rich young ruler this, the rich young ruler turned around, he walked away sad because he had many possessions. And so Jesus told his disciples it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Basically, what he was saying was, it's impossible for a rich person to be saved. Now, he don't stop there because then the disciples say, well, well then who can be saved? In other words, their mindset is, listen, this is a ruler. This is a leader in the faith. This is a, he, he, he has money. He has all this stuff. If he can't be saved, then who can be saved? And Jesus looks at him and he says, listen, with, with men, things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. And so what we learn there is that a lot of times uh, riches keep us from um, surrendering to God, from actually putting our hope and our trust in Him. We're like Lot's wife. We love this world too much rather than seeing that it's passing away. So... When he gets to this point right here, the disciples look at Jesus and they say, Jesus, we've left everything. We left our houses. We left our parents. We left our brothers. We left our sisters. We left everything. And Jesus, and so in another place, I don't remember if it's here, but in another one of the stories where this is told, um, Jesus says, listen, or the, the disciples ask Jesus. They say, um, what will we have? We left everything. So what are we going to have since we left everything? And Jesus' response is this. Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, brother, sisters, mother, father, or children for my sake in the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, and that's important, now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions. So he talks about this time. Basically, here's what he's saying. He's not saying that if you follow him, he's going to give you a hundred houses to live right. in. 
He's not saying that if you follow him, he's going to give you a hundred physical mothers or a hundred physical brothers and sisters and fathers. But he is saying that when you follow him, you come into a spiritual kingdom. And when you come into the spiritual kingdom, basically Nick's house is open to me too. Nathan's house is open to me too. My house is open to Nick. My house is open to Nathan. And so when you come into the Christian family, you receive right now. Right, in this time. In this time, a hundredfold houses, a right. hundredfold brothers, a hundredfold sisters. Uh, so the point he's making is this. When you become a Christian, you actually have many mothers. And that's what I want to get to today is the question I want to answer is, if that's the case, if Jesus looks at the Christian family and he says that when you come into the Christian family, you have many mothers, I want to know what does a hundredfold mothers look like in our lives? What the, the question specifically we want to answer to begin with is, what does it mean to be a mother? What are the characteristics? So, Nick, I want to ask you, starting off, what do you think, how would you answer that question? Like, what is, what are the characteristics of a mother? What does it mean to be a mother? Well, I've looked at this from a, a few different uh, directions. And, um, of course, I, I think back to my mother. Um, I think about my wife uh, being a mother. And then I think about the women in my life that had those mother-like characteristics that I encountered along the way. And I come up with a short list. I came up with a long list and then I came up with a short list of things. And um, one, of the, one of the big things that really pops out in my mind is the love of a mother, but it's not just love. It's to me, two different categories. There's an unconditional love that comes from a mother um, that you can't seem to get anywhere else. Um, you'll see people that have struggles in life and make bad choices and get themselves in a in a place they don't really need to be. And the, if nobody else in the whole world is able to accept them and continue to love them, even with all these faults, their mother does. So it's an unconditional love. The other part of it is a sacrificial love. Because I know me personally, my mom made a whole lot of sacrifices on my behalf. She done a whole lot of things that she didn't have to do for me and, and to make things better for me and my siblings. I see the same thing out of Amanda. Um, you know, Amanda is not Montana's physical mom. She didn't birth Montana. But at the same time, the features and qualities I see in her, um, this sacrificial love, she would, she would give up everything it, she has to make sure that Montana don't have to do without anything. It's a sacrificial love, and it's an unconditional love. Um, I, I see the nurturing part of, of mothers, um, the way that uh, we don't have it. I mean, it's just not hardwired right. into us. I mean, I, I want Right, we're different, and it's different yeah. for a reason. Uh, we can go back to Genesis and have that discussion, but right. um, equal but not the same. The, the role of husband and mother... The role of husband, father, man is not the same as the role of mother, wife, woman. woman. It's not the same. Right. All right. So one of the things that women are really, really great at that we really, really ain't is <laughs> nurturing. nurturing. I agree. They, they nurture, um, you know, with a skint knee or just just this week, just the, this thumb's bigger than this one. <laughs> I got you an example. I went out and especially got this just for y'all. That's an ugly thumb. And that is ugly. <laughs> Just this week, I was in the wood shop. Amanda was standing over here beside me, and I was running a piece of wood through the table saw. I'm normally very conscious of what's going on. I know the dangers of using it, whatever. I was reaching to grab a stick, a push stick, to hold pressure down. Had this hand in here. This hand was pushing the wood. Instead of letting go with this hand and grabbing, I let go with this hand. When I did, that took the pressure off the piece of the wood, let the saw blade catch it, and it became a projectile. Well, behind it was my thumb. It hits. I thought I broke my thumb plumb off. I squalled out. Amanda squalled out. My first reaction was, it ain't broke. Let's go back to work. Amanda's first reaction was, stop. Let's figure out what's wrong. Because her concern wasn't that I finished the job. That was my concern. Her concern was, was I well? And she said, you're bleeding somewhere. There's blood going everywhere. And it looked like somebody killed hogs in my wood shop. 
and it was my thumb. Now, me, if that happens to somebody else, if me and Kevin's in the wood shop and he put in it, I go, hey, dummy, don't do that. Let's get done. <laughs> but my wife, a mother, on the other hand, that nurturing part of her comes out, and it comes out in so many different ways. That's just one of the ways that I've seen it out of her this very week. Um, and then, before I turn it back to Kevin... Let me say something about that nurturing. Go for it. The nurturing, and, and you're exactly right. Um, and I know most of y'all have had this experience. If you had, if you were fortunate to have a, a father um, and a mother in your household, you've seen the difference. But I know, like with me and Chastity, if um, Austin's out riding his dirt bike, right, and um, he wrecks, right, I look at him and I say, "All right, get up, walk it off." Right. You know, Chastity's over there. Oh my goodness, are you okay? Right. And right. she's worried half to death, and she. So it, it's just a difference in the way that they nurture and they care. Um, but it's not not to say that men don't care, but like you said, it's a big right. difference a big in the difference. way they nurture and the way that they provide that that um, that caring, um, nurturing love. Right. Yeah. So right. I, I understand what you're saying. It's a big difference. Um, the, another thing we see in, in our mothers, and and again, if 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 you were fortunate enough to have. Uh, been raised by your mom and, and your dad then you kind of can see these things um, if you were on one side of the coin or the other had one or the other not present um, as you grew up and came through your childhood then um, it, you have to uh, look into other places to see these but you still see these differences we're talking about the one thing um, that I've noticed out of out of mothers in my life whether it be my wife or, or my own mom uh, my grandparents that the, the so many women um, after Kevin and I had the discussion earlier this week to talk about this and I started trying to get in the train of thought going, I thought about a lot of women in my life that uh, weren't necessarily my physical mom, but they supported me in some way as I grew up. These were these were aunts. Uh, these were um, friends. These were um, people in church, uh, Sunday school teachers, teachers. Right. I mean, the teachers that were in my life that nurtured me and cared for me, I see these characteristics in them. Um, and, and one of those is putting the humility, the humbleness of a mom, putting others before themselves. They, they're experts at this. Right. Um, my, my wife would give away every stinking thing we own if it meant somebody else benefiting from it. I mean, she really would. She she really does that. She really looks at situations and tries to find ways that we can help, whether it's monetary or it's physical things or whatever it is. I mean, and she never thinks about herself. Growing up, my mom was that way. She took on jobs and, and, and worked outside of the home so that we, me and Thomas, because Elizabeth was 10 years after me, um, so most of my child, young childhood was me and Thomas and we played ball and we did sports and we went here and we went there and my mom worked when she really wanted to be home raising us so that we could do those things and have those things. So yeah. that the putting the needs in front of the humility of, of, of a mom is, is a, a, a little different from, I mean, I, I feel like I'm a humble person most days. But my humility doesn't add up to that of, of, a, of a mom. I mean, right. the, the way that they put others in front of themselves is just outstanding. And um, those are just some of the characteristics. And again, a lot of places to pull those from. And those were just the things that come to my mind, um, the guidance that they offer and the, the, um, the teaching uh, trying to get you prepared to go to school before you get there and teaching you your address and your phone number and all that stuff so you got a head start once you yep. once you get into that. So there's a lot of things, a lot of characteristics, but that's my that's my short list. Yeah. Well, let's um what I want to do is look at a few scriptures that'll back up everything you're saying. One of my favorite scriptures that I love is actually from um, Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23 and I want to show you um one of the characteristics of a mother that Jesus mentioned, Matthew 23, verse, um, actually starting in verse 33. <clears throat> Matthew 23, starting in verse 33, he says, You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I send you prophets. So here, so before I go much further, I want you to see that Jesus, even though he calls them a brood of vipers, right. even though he 
he he's just telling it like it is that yes, this is who you are. But then he makes a statement. He said, "How are you going to escape being sentenced to hell?" In other words, that's a concern of Christ. Right. And so he says, "Therefore, I send you prophets. I send you wise men, scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify." And some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Bar- Barakiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And so one of the things before I get into the saying that Jesus says next, he he's talking about the judgments that are going to come down on these people, right. specifically the Jews, because he's, they've, God's trying to say, or not trying, but he, he is sending them what they need to be saved from hell, and yet they're killing them when they come. They kill the prophets, they kill the scribes, they flog them in their sanctuaries. And then he looks at verse 37 and see what he says. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. And so what I love in that right there is that what we see, Jesus compares the way a mother hen does her children to the way that God and Jesus here wants to do for his children, so I love the fact that we see here, you know, one of the things that we see in, um, in chickens, and I know you've been around them, you know what I'm talking about, but when a, when a chicken has young, has chicks, <laughs> when, they, when the chicken has her children and there's any kind of danger around, there is a, um, just a sense inside of those little chicks that they know the place to run is under the shelter yeah. of that hen. Right. And that hen will raise her wings up and let them little chicks get up and under it and then cover them. And here's one thing that I love about that. She would literally put herself in harm's way so that she could save her children. Now, let's go ahead and transition over for just a minute. How does that kind of mothering reflect because that's what your mother does my mother does my mom my mom in the same way you said your mom sacrificed by by uh working so that y'all could in the same way my mom had a good career and um and quit working right she had four kids and she was staying home cooked three meals a day washed all our clothes and that's all my mom didn't go back to work until we were adults and um and she but so i see that in that in that same token she sacrificed her life um, and then not just that, I can remember one time, I'll tell you this quick story I've told you before, but um, we were supposed to spend, me and my cousin were supposed to spend the night with my grandparents one night. And um, we decided that uh, we were going to um, sneak out with a friend, but we told him we was going coon hunting. So we got our guns and we went to the woods and, um, and we stayed out all night. I'm talking about, we, we had a good old time. And um, I can remember they had done called everybody, the rescue school, everybody. I mean, they couldn't find, my grandparents couldn't find us. And, um, and so um, whenever we got to one of my friends' house in town, they said, where have y'all been? They said, well, we've been here and here. And I'm not going to tell you where I've been because my mama still don't know. <laughs> but um, they told us, uh, they said, that everybody is looking for y'all. And uh, so we thought, man, we better get back. And so we got back in the car with my buddy. He took us to my grandparents' house. We're going down the road. I, we told him, we said, don't slow down. Just slow down about 20 mile an hour, and we'll just roll out of the car. And so um, we slowed down 20 mile an hour. Well, I didn't realize how right. how hard you hit a 20 <laughs> mile an hour. Roll. We rolled, all right. But me and my cousin, we, we rolled out of that car, went to the barn, got our guns, come walking back, and everybody's sitting there waiting on us. And um, they said, where have y'all been? And they was hollering at us. And we said, we've been coon hunting. And so um, I got in the car with my mom. My cousin got in the car with his mom. Well, my daddy didn't show up. Well, on the way home, um, my mama didn't have much to say. But when we got to the bottom of our driveway, where my daddy was sitting at the top of the hill waiting on me, 
Mama stopped at the bottom of the driveway and she said, Kevin, have you ever trusted in Jesus as your Savior? <laughs> she thought your daddy's going to kill you. Well, she was right. <laughs> but uh, but what, what I'm saying there is that um, Mama would sacrifice everything. Mama was always the one that was trying to... Um, Trying to talk Daddy out of the discipline, trying to trying to limit his discipline to a right. certain amount. Daddy right. would have killed me if it hadn't right. been for Mama, and so um, so we see this self sacrificing in the same way we see a hen that right. that covers those children when danger is present. There's something in a mother that just says, "Come on, get under my wings. I'm going to keep you safe," and um, and that's just what a good mother does. But um, one of the things I love here is that. Jesus compares himself that the same way a mother hen calls his children calls her children to right. get under wings. He said, I would have done this for you so many right. times. I wanted you to so many yep. times, but you were you not willing. Yep. So I guess my question to you is, in that context, how does a mother's love reflect the glory of God? Oh, no doubt. I, I think you've laid it out perfectly. Um, in in the in the text of the scripture and the 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 image of the mother hen, um, that sacrificial love that a mother has is only comparable to the sacrificial love that Christ has for us. Mm -hmm. uh, the unconditional love that mothers have for us is only comparable to Jesus Himself and His unconditional love. You know, even in the text that we read when Kevin was kind of following up, if you look at Mark chapter ten verse twenty one. Um, Jesus is still talking to the rich young ruler. Now remember, this guy's come to him. What do I have to do? I've kept all these laws. Um, I do not murder. I do not commit adultery and all these things. And in verse 21, he says, and Jesus looking at him, loved him. Amen. Right. He wasn't trying to point out his faults. Right. It was out of love yeah. that he even points out his sin. Right. And mothers are the same way, even in trying to correct us. And I mean, because I felt like at times my daddy was just beating on me to try to get life out of me. <laughs> Yet my mom, it was always, I always felt like the discipline that came from her was strictly out of love. Now, I'm not saying she didn't lose her temper right. because me and my brother, if y'all have ever been around us, are capable of pushing people <laughs> to the place of no return um, in their attitude. So I see that this reflection of God's glory in a mother's sacrificial, unconditional love um, is, is it looks a lot to me like the way Christ, even looking at this rich young ruler who he knows has this problem and he knows yeah. He's fixing to turn and walk away with his head dropped and sorrowful. Right. But it says very plainly, Jesus him. looked at him and loving him, right. he said. Yeah. And I think our mothers are, are much the same way. You know, what I love about that, when I think about that passage I read about Jesus comparing himself to a way a mother hen does the children, um, I love the fact that when a mother hen... If there were danger coming, she puts her children under her wings so that she herself is the target of the the, right. the danger that's coming. Right. And Instead in the of, same way, yeah. that's exactly what God did for us. Right. He was the danger. Right. It was his judgment. Right. It was his wrath. And yet, just like a mother hen, he calls us under his wings and he puts yep. himself in the, in, our place. in the right. danger. Right. To, to, to absorb the danger, to absorb the wrath that is coming so that we are protected un, under His wings. No doubt. And so again, when you look at the, why God would have created a woman and why God created a mother specifically in a woman, is it was definitely to reflect that, that uh, sacrificial love, like you said, that unconditional love. Now, at that same token... We're all sinners, right? So, does a mother always reflect that glory of God perfectly? No, not not no. not a lot of times they fall short. Right. But when a uh, when a mother is reflecting the glory of God, the greatest I believe is when she is showing that self sacrificial love that she gives everything she gives herself for her children, right? And I know I've seen examples of that in my life with my mother. I see that in, in Chastity with Austin, and I know you do with Montana, with right. uh, Amanda and, and Montana. And, and that's another thing that, that I want to talk about for just a minute is that when Jesus said that um, 
there's no one that has left mother, brother, father, so on, that won't receive a hundredfold now in this time. One of the things that we need to understand is that the way Jesus looked at a mother was not just somebody who gave birth. Right. Because it takes more than just giving birth to be a mother. To be a mother. Absolutely. Uh, in the same way with a father. Right. And so um, I love the way that Jesus brings this out right here to understand that when Jesus looks at a Christian and says, in this time, you're going to have a hundredfold of mothers. Right. That right there lets me know that the way Jesus sees a mother is not just somebody who gave birth to a child. But instead, he understands that a mother, and that's the reason why I wanted to ask the question, what does it mean to be a mother? Because it does not mean that you just gave birth. Right. All of these other qualities is what makes you a mother. And so that that is a... That's a beautiful picture to me of uh, of what we see in um, God's love for us and, and the way that um, that He gives everything for us. And, uh, and I know we're talking about f- feminine here, and it's hard for us to think about God in a feminine right. way. But we have to understand that all of creation reflects. was created right. to reflect His glory. Right. And so even the feminine roles are absolutely reflections of the Almighty God. Amen. Um, uh, so that's another reason why we say women and men are equal, but not the same. Right. We reflect God in different ways. We reflect the glory of God in different ways. And so that, that's just a beautiful picture. One more place I want to look at is Proverbs chapter 31. We'll look at just a few verses We're not going to take up too much more of your time, but we do want to um, to really look at what the Bible has to say about um, about mothers here. Proverbs thirty one. We know here that this is talking about the the excellent wife, the the virtuous woman. I guess is what some some versions say. But uh, starting in verse ten, that's where we'll start at. Look at what it says. It says, "An excellent wife who can find." She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. So there again, you see her, her the, the woman's sacrificial um, love, love right. even for her husband here. But then in verse 13, it says, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. So there we see she, she makes clothes. Right. She's a provider. provider. Even though the, the husband, yes, is, has been designated the primary provider, right. don't, don't take for granted that the woman is not his helpmate and she is also a provider. Mm-hmm. Verse 14, she is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. Now think about that. Right. What do you see there? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. I mean, you know, she gets up early to make sure that her household is is taken care of. She considers a field and she buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. I mean, this woman works all the time. Right. Uh, She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. Uh, her, she opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Right. There again, you see that, 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 that sacrificial love right. coming out the here. Humility. That's right. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes sure that they are clothed in the best, right. not just clothed. Right. Clothed in the best that she can, that she can provide, that right. she can make. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She ain't a lazy woman. 
Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellent, excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Amen. You know, this thing started out asking the question, um, um, a perfect wife, who can find her? Right. And it ends, I think, with a good point right there. It says, but a woman who fears the Lord. I think that's that's the point here is that is that to be this godly mother, to have this sacrificial love, some of it comes naturally right. to a certain degree. Right. But as sinners, not really. Right. As sinners, we fall so short. So if you want to fulfill the role of a mother and bring God the most glory. Amen. I believe what we're seeing right there in Proverbs 30, uh, 31 is that that perfect woman, that perfect mother is a woman who is in the Lord. She fears the Lord. Right. She follows the Lord. And because she is walking in the ways of the Lord, all of these other things are a result of the love that she has for her children, her household, the needy, all of those things that we saw there. And then I love the way that it ended. Go back over to the end there. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Right. And that's what we're trying to do today. Right. Well, this is not something we're trying to um, come up with and trying to um, just make up some kind of praise. Um, Manufacture. That's right. right. We're not. I mean, this is this is genuine. We, we believe that um, God gave us a fantastic gift in helpmates, right? In wives, in mothers, and um, and we want to make sure that today we give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. We want all the people that are listening to this today to know that um, mothers, we love you. Mothers, we appreciate you. Mothers, we see the glory of God lived out in you. And then maybe you're watching it today that you go, man, I'm such a mess. Right. <laughs> I've fallen so far short and I don't feel like I really do. Well, listen, you're, you're a sinner. Right. And you probably don't realize all that you do do. But at the same time, it's a good time for a self-examination for some mothers. And I want you to understand, as long as there's still breath in you, um, you have opportunity to be a mother to someone. Right. You didn't have to give birth to anyone to to be a mother to um, to love people um, sacrificially and to nurture uh, children. Right. Um, to uh, you know, there are many uh, of the elderly women in this church today that are my mothers in the faith. Right. Absolutely. Same with you. Absolutely. Um, you know, there are some of you that actually call me son and have claimed me as adopted sons and. Uh, and, and, but what you need to understand is you don't have to adopt me. Jesus said very plainly that in the faith, when you come into the church, you have a hundredfold mothers. Right. Jesus just just declared you one of our mothers. And so I am thankful, and I know Nick is thankful for each and every one of you today. And um, we love you, and we just pray for a, a happy, happy Mother's Day. You got anything, brother? I don't, man. I, I think we've covered it very well. Um, I've enjoyed this time and this opportunity to be able to come in here and, and celebrate the mothers. And again, there's there's such a long list of of uh, ladies who have, have been a mother figure in my life. Uh, some of them were related to me. A lot of them come right here from this church and, and people that encouraged me along the way and um, corrected me along yep. the way. And um, there's a difference when... Uh, when when you get corrected by a, a a man in the faith and when you get corrected by a lady, that humility comes right. out from that lady and, and those mothers just thank you for always stepping up and always um um always taking care of, of reflecting God's glory through motherhood. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. We love you and um we want to say a prayer for you before we go. If you Amen. don't care, Nick, because I, sure I open it up, you pray for them and we'll All close. Right. Father and our God, we do come to you to say thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to come together over your word and have um, this discussion, Father, about mothers. We thank you for mothers. We thank you for the hundredfold that you have given us in this time. We just ask a special blessing on each one of them today. We pray, Father, that your uh, presence be felt in their life, whatever their current situation looks like. 
We ask that you continue to give us wisdom, Father, as we continue to make decisions um, about this flock and, and this body. I just pray, Father, for your guidance and your direction to be clear to us. Amen. We ask, Father, that you continue to help those that are, are, are leaning, leaning on our decisions to uh, to be patient, Father, and to, to just continue to trust you, Father, that you're going to guide us um, in the direction you would have us to go. Yes, Again, thank you for this opportunity. We thank you. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the morning when I in the morning when I rise in the morning when I rise give me Jesus give me Jesus give me Jesus Give me Jesus.